0: No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting from Atlanta, Georgia. This is The Bright Side with Technicia. A daily broadcast on real-life issues that will keep you motivated. And now, here's your host, Technicia.
1: Good afternoon, everyone. Today is officially the first day of September 2014, and I'm back with you, and I'm glad. I have a wonderful guest coming up. Won't spill it just yet, but tomorrow it is Freshly Monday. and Happy Labor Day to everybody out there. I hope your grills are starting up and you're roasting away today. Of course, I am on this vegan challenge, so I will be doing things a little differently. I will be doing probably like a sweet potato and barbecue burger which is very hard, but it's not actually hard at all. It's just that I crave for a steak right now and mashed potatoes, but it actually it's like a cleanser when you cannot eat the meat. I'm actually full right now just eating that. And I made some great vegan brownies with cocoa powder, bacon powder, sugar, vegetable oil, water, and flour. So it's not bad at all. If, if you want to give it a try, I don't know if I could do it for a lifetime, but just doing it for a week is enough for me. But anyhow, I'm glad that you're in here with me today, glad that you're on. I love it that you support me so much. And that i got a few more followers on my Facebook fan page. So make sure you go to that. I'm on Facebook, The Bright Side with Technicia. i got 940 followers. I'm looking for more. If you feel like getting motivated, if you have any show ideas, I'm always willing to listen. You can also email me at my name, TechniciaDay at gmail.com or friend me on Facebook, whichever way works for you, and I'm on Twitter at T-Day 60. Anyhow, I'm going to hit you with the tunes, and when our guests come on, then we'll hit you with the guests. But right now, we're going to party it on up. That's how we do up in here. So hit on, because you're tuning in to Blog Talk Radio with your girl, Tech Nisha. I had to take it back a little love song back for you with Luther Vandross. But speaking of love and Luther Vandross, guess who untied tonight finally? Jenny McCarthy and Donnie Wahlberg. Untied tonight. I'm so happy for them. I'm happy for Angel- Angelina jo- Jolie and Brad Pitt finally the tonight. Congratulations to all you celebrities. Now, everybody just trying to stay out of their business. We want these lovely couples to go on ahead. But, Speaking of another guest, who is also in actor, acting field, I have Andrea Tanner, who is a writer, a director, a producer, and also a restauranter. And so I'm going to bring her on the air. And if you want to call in, do so at 347 I will also have the chat box open up for you as well. Andrea, how are you doing today?
3: Oh, great. How are you?
1: I'm doing wonderful. I'm glad that you are on the air and I'm glad to have a woman with so many hats, as I always do. A lot of the people who come on my show have so many hats, and I, you yeah, have more hats than I do. Um, <laughs> You've you done all. Well. You're on roles. You're on acts, produce. You're on movies. You've been in television shows, which was one of my favorites. Um, the monks. she also has starred in Scandal for the ones who love Scandal. I have not actually just sat down and watched Scandal, I guess because I've be trying to keep up with so many shows as, as it is, but I'm going to have to actually watch that because that's one of the most talked-about shows ever with Kara Washington and everything in it. She's amazing in it, too. It it is. Now, before we actually get into that, let's get a little bit more background on you, Andrea, about how you even got started into acting. Um, Well, I always wanted
3: to be an actress. My grandmother um, took me to see uh, Annie at the Fisher Theater in Detroit when I was six. And so from then on, I just wanted to do that. I wanted my mom to take me downtown and let me audition. And I wanted to leave home at six years old and tour the country in a musical. Um, But my mom didn't let me do that. She thought I was going to grow out of it. I think she regrets it now, although I couldn't sing at all when I was little. I can barely sing now. Um, But that's what I wanted to do. And so when I finally, you know, got got to high school... I auditioned for the the school play and even actually created my own. I wanted to learn to direct too and there wasn't a class like that in my high school. So I I created um a class. There was a woman in town who had a dinner theater and I did a mentorship program with her and then I directed my own show and then of course went to college and I
1: kept kept going. <laughs> Well, see you, singing, see, you don't need singing. you don't. didn't even have to worry about singing out. So all the acting did no. it all for you.
2: Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: Now coming to think of it, back during your childhood times, you played as a twelve-year-old boy. Um, how how did that role even come about for you to even play in there? What was the like? Well, <clears throat> the director
3: had written this scene. the 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 movie was about an a a, a, a porn. Uh, a, a porn producer, a, a porn filmmaker, who is married to this porn star, and I guess they got they get into a fight at the beginning of the movie, and she shoves him out uh, the, the window, and he wakes up and he can't remember who he is, and that he is he's this porn producer, and he's wandering around in New York City, and he's sitting he sits down in this is. Uh, carrying this porn magazine in his pocket and he shows it to this 12-year-old boy and they talk about, you know, naked women and the director thought that his his feminist friends would find this offensive if it was two men, you know, discussing porn but if he gave the, the scene this female presence and had actually a woman play a 12-year-old boy then it would be kind of arty and cool um, although a lot of people had no idea that I was a woman because they made me look like such a twelve-year-old boy, and at the time, you know, I was I was twenty something and uh, very gamine, you know. And I think, you know, women that age can look very androgynous, and I did look very androgynous. So it was it was just
1: interesting. That's how it happened. He only auditioned women to play that part. Why right, and that's what you see a lot of times now. Even guys play as women. I guess that's the role that you actually have to play. Sometimes you have to step outside of your comfort zone. So and you got your early start in doing that early. So well, that was it was really, yeah,
3: uh, yeah, it was really an interesting. That was the first, uh, you know, movie that I. That was the first booking that I had, um, and I think the reason I got that part was because. It was so different from me, and I really, like, just kind of went into this, you know, 12-year-old boy role, and um, it it made me feel powerful. It made me feel like, don't mess with me, you know, like, just like a little boy. Um, And I, when I went into the room, that's the energy I had, and I was actually, um, the, I went in there, and, and I didn't, I didn't realize this, but. Um, Martin Donovan, who's now a pretty prominent movie star, he was playing the, the the leading role, and he was generously there at the callbacks to read with all the actresses coming in to read the role. But usually, the, the person who reads with you in an audition is is you know just some, sh- some sorry just some schmuck actor who's helping out the casting people. So I just started to, to direct him and tell him, you know, like don't don't start until i do this and i you know i'll let you know when i'm ready and then right. um i looked at the the casting director and i said uh yeah and is anybody on book because i don't want to hold my script and then the casting director said is the lighting okay for you adria she was being um funny because i was being so you know kind of bratty and demanding and i think it was just cause I was already in character, But I think that's actually why I got the part, The direct, you know, how Hartley really thought that was great. So that wow, is probably least, how
1: I took it. Well, at least you did get your start. And come to think of yeah. it, like I was saying, women have been playing these type of roles for so long um, What's her name? Catherine Hepburn, when she played in Sylvia Scarlet, Then we have Hilary Swank and Boys Don't Cry. You got my right. Carey and her video with "Upset." So, we women have been just put on these different roles, and sometimes you do feel, to be honest, and all truth, sometimes I feel like that's our role. We have to do the man role and the women role, you know, but that's a different debate. Mm-hmm. So we're not going to get into yeah. that, guys. You know what I mean? <laughs> now, now, did I read that you, in addition to acting, you run two restaurants in Los Angeles, which are Barbic and Cook County.
3: You read that correctly. And then we're also going to, in about a month, open a new one. Um, that one's going to be an Atwater Village, and that will be oh. called Alacqua, which um, Alacqua means Atwater in Italian. And uh, we're partnering with our chef at Barbricks. Barbrick is a, um, the first one we opened. It's been open uh, about five and a half years, and it's a, a great little wine bar in Silver Lake, which is kind of the I would hate to say this um, for the rest of Los Angeles, but it's a cool kind of hip uh, area. It feels very New York. I think a lot of people that, that lived in New York but had to relocate to Los, a- to Los Angeles live in, in Silver Lake. It's also, I think, a lot of movie stars live there that want to um, kind of be off the, the radar and the grid. Um, people don't bother them there. People are just more relaxed and Sorry, cooler in, in Silver Lake. Um, so the chef from Barbricks uh, is partnering with us in this new place. He used to own a really prominent restaurant in Santa Monica called Roca. Um, so he's a terrific Italian chef besides you know, being able to, to do this terrific and extensive menu for a wine bar. So he's really excited to go back and do um, terrific Italian food. He's an amazing pasta maker. We're also going to mm. have a, a pizza oven that was um, brought over on a, on a ship from Italy. So we'll have some great pizzas and grilled meats and really great, great food. We're really excited about it. And then Cooks All County is a yeah, <laughs> Cooks County is a um, is a, a restaurant in the middle of town in the Fairfax District, um, and it is farm to table. So the chefs there are are avid, avid um, market goers in Los Angeles. We have amazing farmers markets year-round because the the you know uh, produce is so plentiful and abundant. The weather makes that um, possible. So we just uh, source everything organically, local, um, and it's it's such good food.
1: If I may say so myself. So no, go right ahead. It sounds like this is a great place, especially a barbecue. I would love to actually go because it seemed like a place where you could just get the great food and wine. So I would suggest anybody who's in that area to really go out, you will probably feel relaxed and whatever. So wait, because that's the type of restaurants you want to feel good. You want the food to be good. So, that's how, yeah, that's a seller right there. I like the yeah. idea that you got your time to want to do that. You make people feel like, it makes you feel like to me it sounds like a little bit of Europe. I never been but just hearing about it and just seeing descriptors on T V makes you feel like you already there. So kudos to you on that, Andrea. I'm really proud that Thank you got you. exciting. So how do you find the time to be CEO of a restaurant, let alone two while making movies? Well,
3: um, I'm lucky because my husband is my partner. I, um, until we opened these restaurants, I made a lot of my living waiting on tables because I didn't like to be, I didn't like to be poor when I was acting, and I also like to know, you know, that I had some steady money coming in. Um, it's its hard when you're, you know, auditioning job to job. You, you know, sometimes you have a commercial and that's a nice amount of money coming in regularly for a few months, and but then, you know, there's a lot of, of time where there's like nothing, and you don't know when the next thing's coming. So anyway, I I waited tables and met this man who I never thought would ever be anything to me, even a friend. <laughs> he was just my hard ass boss. Um, and he left uh, the restaurant where I was working to open another restaurant, and then. We ran into each other, and he asked me on a date. I think he misinterpreted something I said. (laughs) Um, And uh, my rule at the time was if somebody asked me, I would go out with them at least a few times, and so I did. And and then, you know, we ended up together. (laughs) So this is his dream is to to own a bunch of restaurants. And um, I just, you know, I'm lucky I support him. In that when when we opened the first one and, and I was going to be you know managing, I thought I don't know how to do this, but it, it actually uh, came very naturally to me. I I just you know did what I would you know I knew I knew how a restaurant worked and I knew how I thought it should work and um, if I had any questions or fears or doubts, I would consult with him. Um, so I did just fine. And then now if I have to go away. Or if I have to shoot, he is obviously, you know, has a vested interest in, in my own success. He wants me to be happy, so he just really picks up the slack. But um, now that we've grown and we have these two and almost three places, the stuff that I do mostly um, is stuff I can do on my computer. I do all the, you know, we do emails almost every day for both places, talking about different specials. I program all that. I do all the websites, um, although we're actually delegating that now. Um, I was doing all the catering parties, planning all those. Now we've delegated that. And now I just kind of, I mean, I oversee all these things and contribute. Um, but a lot of the stuff I do now is stuff that I can do in my own time. It is is—it is hard to balance, um, but, you know, I just do it. I just make it happen. I I have little, my my phone, uh, the reminder app on my phone is my best friend. Uh, it flashes me all these things I'm supposed to take care of, like, today you got to do the pasta email, and, you know, today's the fried chicken night. you got to put that out there. And so that's just kind of how it works. <laughs> and it's actually wow. a really nice compliment. Why? I'm sorry. I was going to say, it's a really nice compliment to the acting. It, it gives me... This other thing in my life that I'm doing, which I think is important for actors, um, I've been told by casting directors and directors and producers that when I come in to audition now, I just have a lot more confidence and you know I have this successful business that I'm proud of and I'm not so needy uh, walking in there, which is always more attractive, I think, to, to people who are thinking of casting you.
1: So it's good. You know when you were just talking about your husband, how he really supports you and everything you do. I'm glad because that's hard to really find in most relationships these days. Where somebody can actually work with you. Hey, you. I know you got this to do. You have this movie to do. So I'm gonna run this restaurant. So that's good that you got that support behind you because you need it. That's a lot. It's I, a work. It's work. I am you need grateful.
3: Right. Totally.
1: I'm glad that totally.
3: You Thank you. Like, so I, I, and I totally do. I think it's I think honestly, I mean, I think he would he would do that, no matter what, but I think he also feels so grateful that I really, really stood by him, and I really put my heart and soul into his dreams, and we mm-hmm. built this thing that he really wanted, and so now he wants to you know reciprocate that and make sure that that I you know get my hopes and dreams, so you know I just made a short film by myself, and and he's been so, so supportive of that, and hopefully I'm going to make a feature film. I mean, I will make a feature film that I wrote. You know, he's very, very uh, supportive of that because I think it meant so much to him that I supported him in this restaurant endeavor.
1: Right. Now, with the fact that it matter now that you have these restaurants, have you ever been recognized by anyone for your acting role?
3: Oh, in the restaurants? Yeah, that yeah. um, yeah. uh, is actually it was funny. It was, it was so weird. It did happen a long time ago when I did the twelve-year-old boy. I did when I was waiting at tables. That weirdly, people would recognize me from that. Um, I think um, people do recognize me. Um, Casting directors come in and they say, "Are you Adria?" Um, I think it's more because. I have sort of I've, I've made a name for myself as this actress who also owns a restaurant, and um, I don't know if like if somebody's sitting there and they just watch Mad Men and they think, oh, that's the actress from Mad Men. I, I don't I mean I don't know. I think um, I think it's more that they just know. I think bec- I think they know of my name because I'm an actress and that's their job, but. Um, I think it, it sets me apart that, that I, I do this other thing that they find interesting. You know, lots of people love to go to restaurants. And so, uh, it, it's it's definitely helped my career. I mean, I, I know a lot of people. Um, I meet a lot of people. It's the best agent. Because <laughs> um, it, it's, it's such a great networking outfit. You know, you see people on the reservation book. Oh, this casting director I've never met is coming in. I'm going to go and say hello to them. You know, or, I recognize somebody that is there and introduce myself because it's different wow. as, as coming to the table as the owner of the restaurant than, you know, like just an actress. But yeah.
1: Right. I do agree with you on that. Cause I'm a waitress. Myself. I'm a server myself and I feel that it's a great network for me when I can go to people and tell them, Oh, I do this and I also do that. So it helps because you never know who you might meet when you're dealing with restaurant business. So I, I do understand that from your point of view and and about working as a service um as a service you have
3: yeah i mean I, a lot of I know a lot of people that I know that waiting on tables is a, a, a sort of um a typical common quote unquote day job for people that are wanting to do other things. I, I always try to tell friends and, and even the 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 servers that work for us don't don't be a hater, you know, don't hate your day job. You, don't, you just never know where this is going to take you. And it's such a, it, it is such a terrific place to meet people. And I worked so many jobs that I, from, from, from people that I waited on. You know, they, I just did a good job and they knew me, got to know me, and then I'm sure this happens for you too. They want to know what I do and want to help me. And when they find out I'm an actress and they happen to be a TV producer, you know, they'll throw me a bone and have me, audition, not, not even imagining that I would do a good job. Um, and then I go in and, you know, kick it, <laughs> do it and get it. So uh, I just really try to tell people that it is, it's a gift. It's not a, a, a burden. Don't Don't treat it like that. Really go there and pay attention because you're right where you're supposed to be and it's, you know, stuff is coming to you.
1: Twice. Don't you feel like that? Do you, do you find that? I do. And, you know, it's amazing that you said that because one of the customers told me yesterday, he said, somebody's going to walk in here one right day, and you're just going to get to talking to them like, you, like you're like you talking to me about want to be a news reporter. And they're going to be like, oh, okay. And they're going to look you up online, do your resume. So you just never know who might walk into your path, who God will actually send you. And I I don't know. I just hope I will be ready when that opportunity does come. I want to be make sure I'm ready, Andrea. That's all I can say. <laughs> well, I think be I bet you.
3: I bet you're there. I think you'll be ready for sure.
1: Yeah, I hope. I hope so because I've been. I've been waiting on it, and and with God's will, I think this too shall come to pass when it does. Now, yeah. Speaking of, is it fair to say you're best known for playing Joyce on Mad Men? Well, that's another popular show too. I guess so.
3: I think I don't know what I'm best known for. I was also, I mean, that was a, that was a very prominent show, and people were, a, you know, people were people are very impressed by that credit. So a lot of people watch that show, especially a lot of people in the industry. So a lot of people that I respect, producers, directors, other actors, um, all. You know when that aired congratulated me, so that 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 felt really good um another show that I was on that I feel like maybe more of the world watched is um greek uh terrific show um and i I played a character uh named professor, professor clarissa Hahn um and I was always doing these crazy dances um in in class so I feel like that is something that that people recognize me from, too. I don't know. You know, so many times I've done things. I was in uh, You Don't Mess With the Zohan. I was in The First Wives Club, very, very prominent movies. And friends of mine would say, you know, their actors um, would say, you know what, this is going to be it. This is going to be the thing that breaks you out. You're going to be, you know, a movie star from this. And that just hasn't really happened yeah, for me, I mean, I'm you know respected and I work and everything, but I would I wouldn't say I'm a movie star. Uh, I don't know when that's gonna happen. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know, you know what what I would would say I'm most known for. Um, I mean, another thing that I did that was pretty pretty famous is the artist, which won the uh, Academy Award for Best Picture and you know Best Director and Best Score and Best Actor. <clears throat> that was a very visual, you know, very highly visible. Project uh, played all over the world. You know, uh, played at Cannes. Um, but I think the other thing is that if you look at my 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 reel, my body of work, I yeah. really look so different in everything. I, I'm a little bit. of, I don't mean to pat myself on the back, but I, I feel like I'm a little bit of a chameleon. That it is kind of difficult to recognize me from from thing to thing too. I look so different in all of these. These projects, and part of it is the amazing, you know, wardrobe and hair and makeup teams that I've gotten to work with that make me, you know, look so different. Um, but it's also the roles are different. You know, going from playing—I think my, my, like I said, my first role was a twelve-year-old boy. The second role I played was as a Hooters waitress. <laughs> like, you know, those are very different things. Um, wow. So I, I, I yeah. I'm not sure how to answer that.
1: No, that's all right, because uh, I'm sure I'm just sure that most people, if, if they even just watch TV enough, they will probably end up finding you. And like we said, Scandal and Monk, those are two popular shows, too. So if you just take out the time, they can easily probably end up finding you. And I know Scandal is the number one, so everybody who probably watched Scandal has Sandra in there, no doubt about that. Now, yeah. how, how was the experience of working on the show, though, of Mad Men? Um, it was great. <laughs> it was difficult.
3: That was one of the hardest jobs I think I've ever done, um, especially that last episode where I was a guest lead. There was a lot of – and it was – that episode was actually filmed uh, first in that in that season, even though it was the second episode that aired because uh, January Jones was pregnant and was going to give birth. And she actually went from the set, we finished shooting, and she went and had her, you know, C-section. Um, so, and the other thing that made that difficult is that the show had been on a very long hiatus because they were still, I think there were some issues with uh, negotiating the contracts for all the actors and for Matthew Weiner between, between uh, Mad Men and um, AMC and Lionsgate. So it was a very, very attended and anticipated lead-through. Everybody was there, and there was a lot of, um, you know, eyes on me and how I was going to do th- do this part, and just how everybody was going to do their part. Um, the other thing that made it tricky was that I had had, you know, I had played that part on a couple other episodes, but I hadn't been given a lot. Of material, so this was now this character was now being very, very fleshed out, and they don't allow you to look at the scripts um, they, they, because they don't want the, the the story to get out. So if if I wanted to look at the script prior to this big, well attended, you know, read through, my my choice was to come 15 minutes early <laughs> and look at it. So that's not a lot of time to process. You know what you're what you're doing, um, so anyway, it was it was really uh, you know it's very nerve wracking, and, and the reason that show is so great is because Matthew Weiner is very um, hands on. He's very specific, and he really, really has a very, very clear idea of what he wants, and he goes after it. So you know you have to really be ready for him. I mean, he, he kind of, I think he, he did it to everyone, but not just me. He came up to everyone after the read-through and gave them an extensive amount of notes on how he wanted this played. Um, so, you know, for an actor, we process, I mean, at least for me, I process things. I work on them. I see how they develop. I, I you know, visualize things, research things. And it takes me a little bit of time to put this thing together, um, And, you know, you can't, you don't have a lot of time in television. Things work really, really fast. And so he was really, um, he was really there, like, "Mm, this is what I want, this is what I want. So it was just a little nerve-wracking. The other thing that was, you know, nerve-wracking is that it was John Hamm's uh, directorial debut on the show. He was directing the episode, um, and that, you know, that was, he was so great. I mean he was so great. But it's still it's like John Ham is directing me. <laughs> it's hard to focus on what you're doing, you know? Um so but it was great. It was it was really great. And it's such a prestigious I just felt like it was such a prestigious job and um I cared so much about the show. I mean not that I don't didn't care about the other shows I've been on, but I mean, sorry to say, this Mad Men was is one of my favorite shows. Is maybe my favorite show ever. So, I think that made it even more heightened for me and and nerve wracking. Um, did I answer your question?
1: <laughs> no, you did.
3: You did. <laughs> and I'm,
1: I'm. No, that's all right, Andrea. Because we're getting to know you more and more. Now we're gonna take a <laughs> short commercial. Break. We're gonna come back, with Andrea. And we're gonna get to know her more. We're gonna talk about more about the restaurant and about her off-command projects and everything. So stay tuned. Do not touch that dial. You're tuning in to Blog Talk Radio.
0: There's only one station that will keep you happy. (laughs) Blog Talk Radio. We're taking more of your calls at 347-426-3751. Stay tuned. We'll be back after this commercial break. This program is presented by the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Since 2002, there have been more former smokers than current smokers in the United States, but many Americans still smoke. About 45 million adults and 3 million middle and high school students smoke cigarettes. One in three young adults currently smoke. Most smokers start young, become addicted, and then have trouble quitting. The CDC Office on Smoking and Health is the lead federal agency for Comprehensive Tobacco Prevention and Control, and is working hard to help smokers succeed. Dr. Tim McAfee, Director of the Office of Smoking and Health, is here today to talk with us about quitting smoking and how CDC's National Tobacco Education Campaign can help. Welcome, Dr. McAfee. It's great to be here. What's the most exciting thing your office is doing to help people quit?
2: In 2012, we launched the first National Tobacco Education Campaign called Tips from Former Smokers. It features former smokers showing the real consequences that cigarette smoking has had on their lives.
0: How does the campaign help people quit smoking?
2: As a doctor, I've seen the damage that smoking causes daily. Seeing how smoking impacted and completely changed my patients' health and dramatically changed their lives made the dangers of smoking very clear to me in a way that no fact or statistic could. The idea behind the TIPS campaign was to show the public what doctors see every day. The campaign motivates people to quit by having real people tell their stories of how smoking caused them to lose, at a relatively young age, the ability to speak, to breathe normally, or just to live normal lives. The ads also refer smokers to resources to help them quit. All are tagged with 1-800-QUIT-NOW, or the Tips Campaign website. When you call the quit line number, you can talk with a trained coach who helps you come up with your own plan to quit. I now want to share one of the new radio ads that we've just released.
1: I'm Terry. Smoking gave me cancer. If you're a smoker, I have a tip for you. Make a recording of yourself now before you have your voice box removed. Read a children's storybook or sing a lullaby. I wish I had done that. The only voice my grandson has heard is this one.
2: <laughs>
1: the wheels on the bus go round and round,
2: round and round, round and
1: round. The wheels on the bus go round and round all through the town.
2: Smoking causes immediate damage to your body. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and CDC. If you haven't seen the ads, I encourage you to go to the...
1: All right, we're back on with Andrea. Just had to get a message out there to all the ones who are smoking. This is a good little advertisement. And they're just trying to hit home where you could really stop. Smoking, I mean, it's damaging to your body, and we don't think about it to years to come, and then it, uh, it's too late. But we're back on the air with Andrea, who's a ride director, producer, a restauranter. She does it all have so many hats, living it up, just have the glorious life through God's blessings and everything. Now, Andrea, you work mostly with January Jones, right? Yes, how was the experience yeah. working with her?
3: It was good. Um, she is quiet. Um, she's, I, I think she's kind of shy, actually. Um, okay. She was um, really generous, though. I mean, we, we she said, <laughs> you know, I, like I said, Matthew Weiner was giving me a lot of notes, and, uh, she whispered to me. Maybe I shouldn't say this, but hopefully yeah. no one's listening. And the show's over anyway. She She whispered to me at some point. Um, don't. Ne- I never listen to the notes. She <laughs> said. She's like, don't ever listen to the notes. Um, so that was that was funny. I think she just. Was, I, I I don't think that's true. I think she obviously does listen to the notes he gives her. But I think she was just trying to set me at ease and you know make me feel like comfortable um there were many times when we were shooting and she would just under her breath say that was a really good take you know just nice you know for an actor to to say that and and i don't know if i've um had a lot of actors do that um so she was she was very nice and, and i've seen her um out um when i was doing the artist I got to go to this really fancy party that Jeffrey Katzenberg throws at the Beverly Hills Hotel um, the night before the Oscars. Um, And she was there, and, you know, I went and said hello, and she was super warm to me and very friendly and introduced me to the people that she was with, you know, and um, that was very nice of her. Uh, So she was great. I worked with, um, obviously, John as well because he was directing... And he's always been really sweet. Um, he came pretty early to Barbricks, mm-hmm. um, with his oh. uh, partner, Jennifer Westfeld, and was so sweet, you know, and then came back uh, a few more times. Really, um, just really so nice, you know. I think also when Matthew was um, considering, he was really careful about, casting this bevy of neighbors in the first season with really good actors. We we didn't all have a lot of uh, speaking ro- you know, lines in that first uh, uh, episode that we did in season one, but he wanted to make sure that we were all really good actors because he wanted to bring us back. He wanted us to be the ones that came back and had these roles, you know, the, these people that were already in the periphery of the show. Yeah. So um, when he was considering... Having me be the person to to do this storyline with um with january uh he threw it out to the casting director and also to John because he was directing the episode and I said, "You know do you think adria tenor can can pull this off and John was like, "Yes, and I think um Laura Schiff, the casting director, was the one that told me that 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 John had been an advocate of me having this nice uh guest lead." on the show. Um, so yeah, everybody's really nice. Christina Hendricks was a friend of mine prior to the show. Uh, it was funny. She was kind of a, a newbie actress. Um, and then now she's this great, oh, so beautiful, such a beautiful, talented movie star. Um, and they all come to the restaurant, you know? So um, it's just it's kind of neat. Kind of cool. Oh. Very, very. Um, we see uh, Michael Gladys a lot. He was on the show the first few seasons, uh, with his uh girlfriend, Beth Bears, um still in touch with them. So yeah. It's like a sorority fraternity here in Los Angeles.
1: <laughs> well, you gotta be look, you gotta be clicked up to get in there. Yeah. Well uh, i are just awake yeah, and alive and yeah. I was going to say, now speaking of John, you're also on another new film called Smother with John Snyder. Was this John's di- directorial debut because you don't normally associate him as a director?
3: Well, he has actually directed quite a bit of television. I think this mm-hmm. was his feature film, definitely his debut as writer-director. Um, he is a, a tremendous director, terrific director. Um, there's a scene in the movie that a friend of mine, um, is in. Her name is Shanna Forstall. She plays one of the, the leads, um, in this film and you know, she has to be very emotional and he was so lovely. He really helped her get there. A lot of directors don't understand that. A lot of directors don't they they, they know, you know, how to set up a shot and and the structure of the scene and, you know, all that stuff, but they don't know how an actor works um, and John has really been an actor, and knows. so it was it was so terrific um and she was really really excited because you know she did some really, really beautiful work with 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 his collaboration, you know, making a movie is definitely not something you can do by yourself um, it's definitely a collaboration and he was he was just lovely to work with i cannot say enough good things about about john schneider just a lovely lovely very talented insanely talented writer i mean terrific terrific writer He's um, he has just begun um a studio built a studio in um a a, a little city between um baton rouge and new orleans and uh he wants to make a whole bunch of movies there, so.
1: Oh, wow, incredible!
3: That's
1: yeah. Wonderful. yeah. Yeah. Doing so, doing so much in so little time, and it's amazing that you could accomplish so much within your lifespan, only if you just put your mind to it. What actually inspired the dream to go into the restaurant Is it Just besides knowing that you were used to be a server and you know the inside and outside of it all. <laughs>
3: Well, I mean, it really kind of just happened, you know, uh, because my husband wanted to open a restaurant, and, you know, obviously, <laughs> if he's the owner, you know, his his wife and partner isn't going to wait tables there, uh, so I just became the restaurant manager. Um, I think the thing that made me want to be a waitress to begin with was the flexibility of it, um, but, you know, it's just, the re- there's... It's, there's a good reason why a lot of actors are servers. It's it's a terrific, you know, lucrative, flexible way to make money to support yourself in between your acting jobs. And then, you know, I just happened to, I just happened to marry a restaurateur. So that's, that's really how it happened. I mean, I, I laugh. I, I was just sitting with a couple friends of mine, uh, an actress named Alexandra Leiden, and uh, a really talented writer named Brendan Smith who writes on a lot of television shows. They came on Saturday to Bar Bricks, um and they were asking me about this new restaurant and, and I was just laughing. You know, it's just so funny. I never set out to do that. I, I mean, in, in, in maybe the back of my mind, when I was first starting to wait tables, I thought, you know what, it would be fun to own a restaurant. I could probably do that pretty well, you know, like just maybe in the back of my mind. Yeah. something that I I endeavored to do. Um, and I also, you know, it's sort of bittersweet. I am, I am really successful, you know, at that. But it's it's not my heart's desire. My My heart's desire is to be in the the film and television business and to be working as an actress, director, producer, writer all the time. But I wish I and I will, it's happening more and more. I wish that my career in in the, you know, media and television film business was as great as it is in the restaurant business. I wish I had the same success. Um but, you know, I think that the success that I've had as a restaurateur, you know, I just really believe that our brain, you know, wraps itself around these things, and then it's just easier easier for us to attract success. So the fact that I've had this this success as a restaurateur, I just now kind of transfer it to my myself as a, when I walk into an audition, if that makes any sense and doesn't sound too airy fairy. Um, but, you know, I just think it, it really helps.
1: No it, makes per- no, it definitely makes perfect sense. And uh, as we discussed before, you never know what path God might send you on, so he sent you on this path, and he wants you to do this. And I figured if that you couldn't handle it, he wouldn't have led you to this way. So he definitely did that for you, and I'm glad that it's working out. You know, in the beginning, I wanted to tell you, too, Andrea, when I first saw your picture, you sort of have a resemblance who um, what's her name? Amy Adams, who played in Julie and Julia, a little bit. People yes,
3: have, have said that lately.
1: Yes, a slight resemblance. I said, wow, she she almost looked like she could be just like her, like Amy Adams. I, I said, Oh it's amazing. You just got that slight. right. Yeah, because I think that's both a of good you are you both. You both are very beautiful women. And when I got that picture, I said, "That's who she looks just like, like right off the bat." Now, when it mm-hmm. comes, yeah. now you also got your one of your great movies. Your latest one is Fort McCoy. Did Madman Planet Madman lead up to this role?
3: Yes, actually, it did very, very directly because um, uh, the woman who wrote and directed and produced Fort McCoy played one of the neighbors um, in that first uh, episode that I did, which was episode three. It was called The Marriage of Figaro, and that was in season one. Her name was Kate Connor, and we just became friends. And uh, I think one day I saw her at Trader Joe's, and we reconnected, and we decided to hang out and go for a hike and she was telling me about her writing and, and you know I I was writing at the time as well and we just compared notes and scripts and she sent me this gorgeous script that she'd written called Port McCoy and <clears throat> it was in various stages of um, you know development there were people that wanted to invest in it and what ended up finally happening was she got a private investor and she shot the movie and I You know, pretty much like pleaded with her. (laughs) I said, "I will do anything. I want to come with you and help you make this film." So um, I went to Wisconsin, and I played the the role of Lolly, which is a a, a supporting character. I'm in the whole movie. I don't have a lot of lines, but I'm I I play this friend of of hers uh, that she makes at the fort base. Um, The story is. It's a true story. It's um, her grandmother's story. Um, It's based on uh, when her grandmother as a young girl was relocated to a a, a base, an army base to this fort, Fort McCoy in Wisconsin, which was located right next to a, a prisoner of war camp during World War II and That's where they would bring, uh, German and Japanese prisoners, um, they would pretty, you know, they would pretty much, in those days, kind of roam around pretty freely, um, and a couple of times, and one time in particular, uh, they, you know, one of these soldiers was in in a, in a place that was not where he was supposed to be, um, This is a really, really interesting story told through the eyes of this very, very young little American girl having this very unique experience. Uh, Her father, who's played by Eric Stoltz, um, had a heart murmur which precluded him from enlisting, um, and he wanted to contribute to the war, so he was a barber on on the base. So he would give haircuts to the prisoners and to the soldiers. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and uh, there's just this really, really interesting life that, that these, these this family led, um, you know, right next to this prisoner of war camp. And I think the thing that's so uh, great and beautiful about the film is that it is written and directed by a woman. So we have that female perspective. It's also told through the eyes of this young female protagonist, which is also really, really beautiful and something I'm really interested in because I just finished um, producing and directing a film that I wrote with a young female protagonist. And it's interesting, now that I've done that, I'm also aware of... And I don't know whether this is just that I'm more aware because I, I just did this myself... Or whether there are actually more stories being told by women about young women, about young young girls. But there's another. There's about five other uh, short films that are going to be on the circuit this year that I that I know of that are written and directed by women that have young girl protagonists. I just think that's really an interesting thing. You know, I think it's it's nice to move away from the white male perspective, you know, sometimes. And, it, you know, there's nothing wrong with that perspective, but it's just nice to
1: get another one. Right. And like we said before, just to get out of your comfort zone, see, now you're playing mm-hmm. antagonism. It's, it's a good thing. What What is it like just working behind behind the scene as you did in your short film, Crack? <laughs> um.
3: Well, that was something I, uh, well, I, I you know, I really wanted to learn to produce because I was getting so frustrated as an actress playing, um, I, I mean, I'm very grateful for all the, all the things I've done. But a lot of the roles that I'm able to get because I'm not a movie star are very, you know, kind of tiny. And I feel like I'm capable of so much more, but because I'm not a movie star yet, I'm not, I'm not. Being offered or even considered uh, for those for those parts, so I decided I wanted to learn how to produce, which is why I went to Louisiana and worked with John Schneider on Smothered, so I could I could see how the, beso- the behind the scenes worked and learn how to how, the, how you know at least get a taste for how producing a movie worked and it, and it's so I can't tell you enough how similar it is to running a restaurant, producing a film. It's so similar. Um, so with that in hand, I just decided to come back to L.A., and there was a piece that I had written, and it was short, and I felt like that was something manageable. Um, I had just done this Prego commercial that ran a lot, and I had saved a bunch of money, you know, not a crazy amount of money, but a little bit of money, and I took that and made this this short film so I could just go through the process and see how it worked. And the only reason I... Directing, even though that that is what I went to school for, that is how I was accepted to college, was as a, a theatrical stage director. I really didn't want to do that, and I, again, I, after that, you know, after studying it in college, I really thought, like, you know what? I don't want to do that. But I, but I, for this film, I I felt like if, if I just kind of knew in my bones if I had right. anyone else direct it. That I would not be happy, you know that i would i would I would want to have control of of the directing of it so so I did, and i really I really enjoyed it, I really liked it um, i it was very difficult, it was so hard, especially since I'd never done it before, and it's really hard to um you know because things happen, your schedule you know everything takes longer than you 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 think it will and want it to, and you know you're on a budget and you you're asking people to work for free, so it's better to ask them easier to get people to work for two days than for three days, even though that's maybe what you should have scheduled for your short film because you're new director um, It was hard we, we I made both my days, which means that I did get all of my shots that i not not i didn't get all my shots, but I got coverage a little bit of coverage on everything i didn't have to i had i had the shots to tell my story i mean i I didn't have like different angles and coverage and back and forth on people that i you know could have would have wanted but i did have all the coverage for the to, to to tell the story and the way that i got that was because my dp uh this amazing guy yash bought um could see he could see like oh we're running out of light and we have to get this shot and if we shoot it this way we'll we'll get everybody that we we need and and, and you know and, and so at the last minute I had to rethink how that was going to work in my mind you know if we're shooting from a totally different angle we're not you know anyway it was just it was it was very hard but I really liked working with actors um, like John Schneider I felt like as an actor I understood that. What, I, what, was, what was helpful to say to an actor, you know, like it's not that's helpful right. to tell them what not to do. It's more helpful to, to tell them what, you are, what you're looking for. Um, I also was very, um, I'm, I'm just an emotional person just in general. I can, when I'm talking to people, I get really happy or I get really sad, and, and it's just the way I am. I'm really just, that, that's all kind of riding on, 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 the, on my cuff there. So I think that really helped them to get into their emotional place. With, when we were talking in between takes, I was really connected uh, to the story emotionally. And, you know, there were a few times where, especially the older actresses said, you know what, let's just shoot it right now. I don't need you to say anything else because they had gotten, i communicated so much by where I was emotionally for them. Like, they just, they just didn't need any more words. So that was a really cool experience.
1: Well, um like I said, it it's got to be awesome. Just just to imagine that you can just do all this and balancing this so well. Um, so any upcoming before we go to the air Andrea, any upcoming projects and tell the listeners where they can find you on social media. Sure. Um I have a
3: website. It's Adria so it's A D R I A. T as in Tom, E-N-N as in Nancy, dot com, and I'm at Adria Tenner uh, at, on Twitter and, uh, you know, Adria Tenner on Facebook and also our restaurants. You can find me there at barbricks.com, B-A-R-B-R-I-X dot com and cookscountyrestaurant.com um, I can't think too much but, um, about what's coming because you're not supposed to. Uh, I'm looking forward to um, what's that?
1: I said, I definitely
3: understand it, <laughs> But I'm looking forward to a movie called D-Train coming out that stars um, Jack Black, Katherine Hahn, Mike White, and James Marsden. So um, look for that. And also um, this show on MTV called Faking It. Uh, maybe watch the season premiere of that and, and you might see me. <laughs> Well, and also Andrea, go see Fort McCoy. It's in, the, it's in the theaters. Fort McCoy is in the theaters
1: right now. So definitely go, go support that. So it's beautiful. And we shall do that. Andrea, it was an honor to have you on the show just to inspire us. I tell you, if you're not happy where you are, then get where you need to be to be in your comfort zone because, Life is not promised to you tomorrow. Don't wait on it 10 or 20 years. Keep talking about it, what I'm going to do. Do it now. And Andrea is the perfect example. She's doing it now, and she's getting out there, and she's sharing her story with everyone. So, Andrea, I wish you many blessings for you and your husband, your restaurant business, and any other upcoming projects that you have.
3: Thank you so much. You're so lovely, and I'm so excited and grateful to have gotten to talk to you. Thank you.
1: Well, you are so welcome. i make sure I stay in touch with you. And everyone, as she said, follow her on Twitter. And, and if you're in the Los Angeles area, go out and check out the restaurants. And thank you again, Andrea. Thank
3: you so much.
1: You're so welcome. Well, everyone out there, I do thank you. Bye, Andrea. I thank you for tuning in today with me. I'll see you tomorrow at noon. You stay blessed. Well, no, actually, I will see you tomorrow at 3 o'clock p.m. It's a change of plans, but I hope that you do stay tuned in, and God bless you. Stay prosperous, everyone.
0: Thank you for tuning in to The Bright Side with Tanisha.
3: Come back daily from 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. Eastern.
0: God bless.